Monto1804 podcast. I'm your host, Mark Joseph. This is episode two, the Dover Method. We have CEO of Dover Performance Solutions with us, Jonathan Dover. How's it going, guys? Mark, it's good to be here. I'm excited to be here. First podcast and uh, excited to talk business and uh, see where it goes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. So tell us, how how did you get into to this business? What was the inspiration behind you starting your own company? So I started Dover Performance uh, Solutions in the, you know, kind of in the midst of COVID, unfortunately, uh, mm-hmm. timing there because gyms were shutting down. I was working at Gold's Gym as a personal trainer at the time, um, mm-hmm. which I I don't um, advise for if you want to do training long-term, you do that for a year max. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, starting to, there are rumors of gyms shutting down. So, you know, I couldn't rely on golds to stay open, especially in the midst of a pandemic. Um, it was a good time to start the business because people were wanting to train in home. So throughout the pandemic, pretty much um, as how I was, making money for myself and I was like you know what I might as well just start my own business because I had my clients from Gold's who canceled their membership and just switched over to training with me at their house so I just became like a mobile trainer just started acquiring um, exercise equipment that is uh, mobile <laughs> so I can bring around a, a squat rack but you know, we got things done and uh and uh, yeah, that's kind of how the origins of it is kind of birthed from COVID-19. <laughs> that's awesome. So for someone who's on the other end of this, who's listening to this podcast right now, who is looking at what you got going on and see what you're doing at the moment and who's inspired to follow that same route, what kind of background do they need to be able to have what you have going on for them? What did you have to do in school? What what degree did they have to go try to get to try to make sure that they can, you know, follow in the same footsteps that you got going on? Okay. Um, so the degree that I uh, worked towards is an exercise science and sports science bachelor um, at Texas State. So pretty much uh, what you learn in school is just basic physiology, um, anatomy, um, resistance training techniques you know it's pretty basic um, if I'm going to be honest it's still something that'll look good on your resume mm-hmm. um, but the the real power in this industry is, is uh, not so much certifications you know certifications is more just letters on your after your business card um, you want to seek mentorship um, you want to seek internships you want to seek in-field experience as soon as possible. Um, that's one of the, what one of my mentors, uh, Sandy Abney, she was a performance director at the University of Texas for a while. And uh, that was my earliest advice that kind of got everything blowing up. I was just getting into, you know, finding a mentor to work under as long as you can, as early as you can. Um, you know, school's great. Bachelor degree is great. Um, it's actually not really a requirement of personal training. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really just kind of an overkill thing. I mean, you know, you do learn some good stuff, some general basic knowledge. Um, gotcha. But as far as applying it and getting into what we call the trenches of how to coach someone to do, uh, you know, a squat right. You know, people botch exercises all the time. Um, 
for what they're trying to go for. So I'm a firm believer in the phrase of doing simple things savagely well. You know, it doesn't take, you know, a lot of convoluted, crazy programming or, you know, a a special machine. It's doing simple stuff just really well. Got you. So with you owning your own company and you training people, does it out of habit, sometimes you find yourself at the gym wanting to correct people while they're working out just because you know how to do the workout specifically? Like, do you just out of instinct be like looking over at someone is like, man, you know what? You're not doing that right. Let me try to help you all kind of thing. Or does that ever cross your mind or how does that work? I'm not going to lie. It used to. Um, I do have a very, uh, broad view of kind of a special effects of different types of training. So, you know, you can't really take a clip of someone working out or because you, you don't really know what their goals are. You don't know if they got a certain joint issue. So it's kind of the opposite. I kind of just let people do what they're going to do. Um, maybe they have to do that exercise a certain way because they have a knee thing or a, a hip problem. And I don't really judge too much anymore. Um, you know, it beats sitting on the couch. So as long as you're not going to hurt yourself. Now, if I see someone might, you know, they don't have the right range of motion somewhere and they're Mm -hmm. doing something that could potentially hurt themselves. Yeah. But for the most part, what I see at the gym, everything's very lightly loaded. They might be just kind of looking silly doing it. But I mean, my thing nowadays is, you know, in a world and a a country where we don't move enough, Mm -hmm. um, if they get you out of the house and it, you know, builds a sense of community with people you meet at the gym, I'm all for it, you know? Got you. No, I completely understand. So was this something that you always knew that you wanted to do, or was this something that ended up just happening out of um, just sheer luck? Or was this something that you had planned for a while and you executed on the plan, or was this something that just happened for you because you ended up in a situation where, you know, things turned this way for you specifically? Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, so again, you know, the pandemic was kind of a, a big motivator to get my own work here because I couldn't rely on Gold's Gym anymore. And we, you know, we didn't know how long this thing was going to last. Yeah. Two weeks ended up being two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. And we're still dealing with it right uh, Even now, when the gyms moment. opened back up, all my personal training clients canceled their memberships because they don't want to work around a public gym with people spreading germs so you know i had to just move to a private you know location where there's not so much people traffic to you know please you know appease everyone who maybe didn't want to be working in a gym it's also not really convenient for the person paying for training because they got to pay to get in through the door and then they got to pay you on top Mm -hmm. and then on the trainer end you you know make the sale of someone buying training and then you serve those sessions, you coach out those sessions, and then you only get a percentage of that money. Whereas if you're freelance on your own, you get to keep all of that money. And, you know, it doesn't have to go to the gym to power the CEO's heater, <laughs> you know, or his bubble bath, yeah. jacuzzi. So you get to, it's more advantageous. I, I do recommend working in a box gym is what we call them. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just to kind of get, again, get in the trenches. If you don't have any experience, you know, experience a year at golds is better than none. Um, but I really had to take that job just because the one before that wasn't paying the best. Um, so it was all about just kind of getting my bread at that time. Um, 
For those who don't know what a box gym is, can you give us an example or give us a breakdown of what exactly that means? Because, you know, there could be somebody on the end who's listening and, you know, they hear box gym and they may not know what that means. Could you give us a breakdown of what that is? Right. So a box gym is anything, think like 24-hour fitness, Gold's mm -hmm. Gym, franchise with multiple locations. Um, it's also very like public. So what right. I mean by public is that people buy a membership, mm -hmm. they walk in, there's all these machines, you know, there's all these TVs, uh, they kind of just do their own thing. There's not like a, there's a little bit of a funnel towards personal training, but it's not like a requirement. You don't have to have a personal trainer. You can kind of just come in and mess around, do your own thing. Yeah. Um, whereas what you, you know, if you're on the personal training side, what you want to have done um, ideally, and this is the business model, that's kind of the future of gyms. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of more um, new age gyms are kind of becoming what we call like boutique gyms. Gotcha. So what a boutique gym is, you, you know, the members don't really come in on their own time and work out on their own. It's you have appointments with that trainer and you come in to do either a group class, group training or a one-on-one -on -one session. Gotcha. Um, or it's fully supervised, fully guidance, uh, full guidance. And there's actually a lot less chances of injury because the users who are coming into those are fully supervised by a trainer got you got you how did it feel to land your first client what was the oh it felt great what was the feeling of that what was to walk us through that walk us through getting the news that you landed your first client and how that worked and how you were able to to meet and connect with them I know you said that it all started through the pandemic and that you know some people couldn't even go to the gyms due to the pandemic and you know they wanted to find a new form of working out and how just walk us through that if you know we were right there with you what what did that day go like how did that conversation happen like go ahead and you know let the viewers know what that was all like okay so basically what the process entails is that someone would usually come to me so i have an app such as a thumbtack that a lot of contractors use to find work mm -hmm. so people can actually come to you mm -hmm. um, basically what happens is we start with a fitness consultation so that's basically a, a sneaky term for training sales pitch <laughs> but uh you know you do have to, you know, give a little bit to get a little bit back. Um, yeah. So what we do or what I do is I'll come in, I'll talk to them about, you know, their personal training experience, their personal, um, any kind of issues they have with their body, any kind of pain they have, um, why they want to, you know, lose weight, why you really want to get down to the why of what yeah. they want to, of why they want to do something. You know, some people have these really arbitrary goals. Like I want to lose 30 pounds and I'm like, mm -hmm. why? And they'll be like, uh, I just felt better when I was 30 pounds lighter. And I was like, yeah. why is that? And they, you kind of catch a lot of people off guard. Cause they're like, uh, I just, I don't know. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, well, I can definitely help with that. And um, that is a pretty honorable goal. Um, you know, joints might hurt a little less. And you really just want to dig down to why the, the bottom root reason and why they want to achieve this fitness goal. Some people, you know, a lot of guys will come out to me and say, hey, I want to bench 50 more pounds. Why is that? I just feel weak, man. Why do you feel weak? It's like, oh, my wife left me. And okay, well, let's do it, you know? Yeah. And then from there, you kind of get that buy-in because it's like you understand what that person's going through and you understand what that goal means to them. 
Got you. So it's not only a physical workout, but it's also a mental workout as well, too, because you being a personal trainer, you're also getting to know them on a personal level as far as when someone just walks into a GOAT's gym or, you know, not to bash any of those brands or anything like that. But as far as when someone walks into a gym like that and they don't really have the, you know, the interaction as they would have with someone like you, um, it's a mental and a physical thing that they're getting worked out as well, too. How does how does that relationship work? You know, do you consistently keep up with the clients throughout their week to make sure that they're following their routines and just walk us through if we signed on with you how that would work and that process would look like as well too for someone who's on the end of just you know becoming a new client of yours and how that would look right and uh, you get up close and personal with people you know sometimes we uh, other personal trainers will joke like sometimes we're just um physical therapists and uh, not like physical therapy but like mm-hmm. They tell you stuff. Like I had a client, she told me her husband was cheating on her and just out of nowhere. And I was just like, okay, so third set coming up, (laughs) you know, um, people open up to you, man. I mean, and that's really one of the biggest secrets to success um, when it comes to personal training is not acquiring a whole bunch of new clients. It's retaining the clients you get. Gotcha. Um, So, and you do that by being likable. Um, you do that by, you know, becoming just really friends with your clients. You know, mm-hmm. no one's going to work with you. There's a cl- another quote I like to say is, uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Gotcha. Okay. So, and people can sniff, you know, fake caring out from a mile away. Gotcha. You know, so you have to actually, you know. Genuinely care genuinely care about these people and their goals you know um, you have to treat it like they're your kid you know they're like your your brother your sister you know you're mm-hmm. trying to help them gotcha um basically how i would follow up with them is depending on their goal um so take weight loss for example um mm-hmm. a big part of weight loss is exercise and moving around um but i think even a bigger part of weight loss especially is what's going you know and going on in the kitchen Gotcha. Um, so your nutritional aspect. So what I'll have a lot of my weight loss clients do is at the end of their day, um, a little bit of honor system at the end of their day, they need to send me a nutritional report of just logging everything they eat, whether it's my fitness pal, there's lots of nutrition apps out there. Mm-hmm. They're really good. You can scan barcodes of things. Um, so they need to be eating in what's called the caloric deficit. And I just look over what they send me, make sure everything's below um, a certain amount of calories uh, based on their height, weight, and uh, how much they're trying to lose. Gotcha. So walk us down the line of where it is that you want Dover Performance Solution to be. What is the end game or what is the the um, the dream as far as where what it is that you want your company to accomplish? What what does what does Dover Performance Solution look like in 10 years to you? So my vision for Dover Performance Training uh, going forward is um, obviously I want to get a legit space sometime. I've been looking into, uh, you know, steel buildings. Mm-hmm. You've heard of those? Yes, I have. Like yeah. A, yeah. So I'm looking to just save up and actually purchase one so there's no rent overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want it to be a culmination of my experiences personally as a up-and-coming trainer. So I want it to be... A little bit of um, 
Gold's Gym where I'm not going to restrict client access. If they want to come in and train on their own, um, I need to make sure I'm here um, mm -hmm. or someone if I have employees. I do want to hire trainers and gotcha. employees at some point down the line. Um, obviously, we need to be open for them, but I'm not against people working out. Um, there's not going to be a lot of machines, though. Um, it's mostly going to be kind of you know, free weights, mm -hmm. uh, loaded movement stuff. So I'm going to take a little bit of everywhere I've been um, – my experiences so a little bit from train for the game and westlake you know i like a lot what they do uh, a lot of what i do is molded after um, applied functional science uh, from gary gray uh, todd wright at ut training movement um, a lot of their stuff um, is predicated on a little bit of classic strength conditioning traditional athletic movements um, olympic lifting i'm not too big in olympic lifting myself but for the athletic um, population I work with, you know, you definitely want to be explosive and resilient That's to things like ground reaction force, um, strength under load, you know, that's the real injury prevention for athletes right there. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely want it to be a welcoming environment. You have to build a culture. Um, so that's going to be the biggest thing is finding people who share the values for creating a culture of optimism a welcoming culture because if people you know if people don't come in for that one hour of their 24 hours that they get every day mm -hmm. and if that hour isn't the best hour of their day they're probably not going to come back you know sure. so you want that time that one hour that client has you want that to be the best part of their day because gotcha. you don't know what their other you know 23 hours of the day are like gotcha, gotcha. So for the listener who's listening right now and who's weighing the pros and cons of having working with someone like you and working with Dover Performance Solutions or rather going to a Gold's gym, what what can you weigh those pros and cons? So like say if you, you know, they were they were listening right now and they're saying what 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 could get them over the line to convince them that, you know, this is a better route for them to go than rather than going the Gold's gym route or going the the um planet fitness route you know you were telling us that you know those kinds of gyms is not really that one-on-one -on -one interaction but what are what are some other benefits that a client can get from working with someone like you or working with a company like yours so that they can have that extra reassurance to know like hey maybe this is something i should consider for myself okay. so what a lot of those box gyms are designed to do is make money mm -hmm. you know it's there's no, unless you pay more to have a personal trainer in those gyms themselves, it's, they just collect those monthly payments, whether you appear to the gym or not, yeah. you know, they could care less if you actually come and use the membership. They just want to make sure that membership's active. Um, yeah. Although one pro to box gyms is that they're cheap. It's, you know, economic access goals gyms like what $34 planet fitness is $10 a month. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, it's economic access to fitness equipment but where that falls off is that nine times out of ten um, people don't have the accountability to actually make it in uh, and life happens we we all understand that but the motivation you know is up here in january and then slowly drives whereas <clears throat> coming to see someone who can keep your morale up again, having that best hour of your day, um, who can meet you where you're at. So I, another problem I get a lot with people is they'll, they'll think they're still where they're at when they were like 18. Mm -hmm. Problem is you're 35 now. 
40 pounds overweight. So you got to, you have to meet people where they're at now. You know, if you want to get back to where you were at 18, we could totally do that. Like I have no problem. I think that's awesome. You know, we want to play with your kids more. You want to be able to move and play with your grandkids. Mm -hmm. I want to be a part of that. I want to be literally the solution for that problem. So, you know, working with someone like, you know, a personal trainer or it's all about finding a solution to a fitness problem. That's why we want to get down to the why. Why do you want to do this? Because there's a, a deeper solution, a deeper meaning for that. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> again, progression, you know, you ever like, if y'all remember like uh, writing essays in school, yeah. you ever write an essay and you read it back to yourself and you're like, man, this sounds great. This this is this is a paper right here and you have yeah. a, your teacher read it or your friend read it and you're like this is crap like you're missing an apostrophe here yeah. this sentence doesn't make sense this sentence is meaningless it doesn't even need to be in there <laughs> and what you know it's the same thing with your workouts you know you might look at your workout and be like you know yeah this is great whereas if you have a trainer or even just another person look at it it's like that's not you know gonna do it uh, so you know having someone who has the knowledge and experience to know when to ramp things up and even dial things back mm -hmm. um is gonna help you break plateaus it's gonna help you um expedite expedite that's the word mm -hmm. expedite uh, your progress so you could spend 30 dollars a month um uh, what's the word making progress, working your butt off to make a little bit of progress, mm -hmm. or you could spend a little more money on a person who has experience and knowledge that can help you work a little less harder, but make bigger um, gains gotcha. just by, you know, having that kind of third eye look gotcha. at uh, what you're doing, you know? Yep. Yep. I understand completely. What's something, what are, what are, what are one of the biggest satisfactions that you get from your clients is it seeing their growth physically is it seeing their growth mentally is it being you know them being consistent in what they're doing regardless of how um how everything else around them is going because you know given that you started this business in the pandemic i'm sure that some of your clients you know they came into the workout they did what they did but they also had the worries and the troubles of the pandemic on their mind as well too you know i know you know we ourselves even you know, the whole world even could, you know, relate to having the pandemic just being something constant on their mind. What What is something that you get as on a satisfaction factor from seeing your clients grow? What 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 really makes you happy when you when you walk away from a client and you'd be like, you know what, I I I did it. I I feel great about this situation right here because I did everything I was supposed to do. The client did everything that they were supposed to do. What What do you get out of that? Um, all of those things really. Um, just a sense of like a kind of like a how your dad would be like proud of you, you know, after <laughs> you know you score a game winning shot. Like it's that kind of thing where. You see, you know, how happy they are with their progress they've made. Um, it's not so much like, you know, I did this great. I'm such a great trainer. And like, all, all I do is just create the environment. This is okay. something that a very smart person that I know of by the name of Logan Schwartz says. 
<clears throat> I just create the environment. They're the ones doing the work, you know, gotcha. that's all them. All I did was just put these dumbbells in your hand and told you to do this, you know? So I'm merely just creating the environment. The medicine's already in their body. Um, it just needs someone to bring it out. You know, whatever God put in you, I'm going to get out. Gotcha. Has there, um, is there ever been a moment where you yourself find yourself where you didn't want to do this anymore? And if so, what kept you motivated? What kept you motivated throughout the pandemic to keep focused on your business and keep focused on what you're trying to do? And even now, right now at this moment where, where your business is at, where your company is at, what's keeping you motivated to continue to chase the dream? You know, because a lot of people, they start a company and they end up, you know, losing passion along the way due to circumstances that are out of their control. What keeps you motivated to keep, you know, to keep consistent with Dover Performance Solution? Um. Being able to quit my day job, <laughs> so I'm going to be honest, you know, um, um, Dover Performance Solution is something I do on the side as of right now. Um, mm. I do have about three in-person clients. I have about four online clients. Um, mm. They do cycle in and out. Some of them come back for like a check-in session and whatnot. Um, mm. But uh, just being able to make this my full-time thing. Um, and that is, again, the goal, the vision, you know, 10 years down the road, be able mm. to have my own place. Um, and just have my own sense of community, my own people to come in, work hard, get a sweat, feel good about themselves and uh, make their health changes, life changes for the better. Um, to kind of go back to that last question is, while it is exciting to see someone lose weight or hit a new PR on a lift, the best thing is when you see someone who comes in hating themselves, hating their life, hating what, how they've been living. And just by spending a couple sessions, couple an hour, twice a week, mm. over the course of months, they start loving themselves. They start picking up healthier habits. They smile more. They yeah. they glow a little brighter. You mm. know, like it, you can see that in people. Like if someone's miserable all the time, you 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 pick up that energy and. Um, you, you can't, you know, as a trainer, you can't let that bring you down. Um, another big thing I learned at Train for the Game was don't be an energy thief. You know, always keep the energy high. If um, that client might be coming in, they might have just broke up with their girlfriend or dog just ran away or died. You got to pick them up, man. You can't let them bring you down. And it's not like they're trying to bring you down, um, but you just got to be that bright point in their life. That, again, culture, you got to have that be the best hour of their day. Got you. Got you. I don't know if I got off topic, but no, 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 no. You're you're, yeah. you're perfect. You hit it right on the nail. So, so for the person that's listening and they're thinking of starting their own business along the lines of what it is that you do, what would you say that they need to do? You know, you told us beforehand about having to get the degree and whatnot, but what do they have to do? on an all around aspect to get to where you are and to not only get to where you are, but to execute the whole plan, you know, cause it's not easy starting a business. I have, I have two questions on this right here. I have the question that I'm asking now. And then my second question is, where did you get your entrepreneurial spirit from? Did someone in your family have a business? Did someone in your family start, start a company? How, how did you get this um, idea to start your own company? Where, where did that come from? That's a really good question. Um, well, 
you know. I know the pandemic me, motivated yeah. it. I know the pandemic motivated it, but what, you know, a lot of people went through this pandemic, but not all of them thought to, you know, start up a company. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that your mind frame, your mindset is a lot different from a lot of other people. So that's why I want to know, like, what, where did this come from? Was there someone in your family who owned a company before or was an entrepreneur before? And it was just in you to, to do something like this. And it was just the perfect timing met the perfect circumstance or was it like what walk us through that how, how did this all come about if i'm going to be honest it's probably a little bit more of just timing and circumstance but mm -hmm. um as a trainer you might work at a place but you're you are your own business so mm -hmm. in this field you're selling yourself um so you know you kind of live and die by your ability to um, a be likable and get people to buy training from you and work with you. Mm -hmm. So as a personal trainer, you're constantly doing job interviews. When you meet with a potential client, you're trying to get hired, you know, yeah. um, that was, that was the biggest growing point for me as a trainer is you got to win people over, you know, um, you come into school, they don't teach you that in college. They don't teach you that in any of these certifications, um, which for this field, if you did want to start your own personal training, just to kind of tack on that other question, mm -hmm. you do need to be certified. Um, so you're covered mm -hmm. um, legally. Um, you can go through ACE. There's a couple different agencies that are really good. NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine. Um, I got me personally, I have ACE personal training. Uh, you got to be CPR certified as well, uh, bachelor's degree, um, as well as the National Strength Conditioning Association. Okay. Um, those are a couple of mine. Um, so oh. you do have to be certified. Um, but as far as what, no, no one in my family really owned a business. Um, it's just something I kind of wanted to break away from mm -hmm. upper level bosses and management. Uh, you know, I wanted to be my own boss. Like if someone could only afford so much money i couldn't haggle i couldn't you know make a deal because you know it was just goldstone prices if yeah. you didn't have the money too bad you know um, whereas this i can kind of have some room to to work with your clients work with a client yeah got you yeah because i mean you know think about like to to really think about what it is that you've done it's honestly just in in all in all ways awesome that you were able to do this in the midst of a pandemic one but also a lot of people who get your certification your degree they have the mindset okay now i'm gonna go out and go get a job somewhere but instead you had came up with the idea of starting your own company and that's not easy you know and so that's why i just find that on that's why i wanted to ask that because you know i always love to know where someone gets their entrepreneurial spirit from because it's never easy starting a business you know it's you know a lot of people you know think it's you know it's a b c d but it's really one of those situations where it's like a z q r like it's it's never one of those situations where it's just so smooth that the that everything works out you know it's hard and you know the fact that you started one in the midst of a pandemic you know i applaud you because that's that's one of those things that you know it's it's super hard especially if you don't come from a background of entrepreneurs yeah um people are gonna you know they're gonna tell you it's not gonna work they're going to tell you it's a bad idea. No one's going to want to train in a pandemic. No one's going to want to work with you. You just, you just have to block that out, man. Gotcha. Um, you just got to have your vision, set your sights on that vision. 
and ask yourself every day, what can I do today? No matter how small of a step it may seem, what can I do today that can be a step in the right direction towards that vision? Gotcha. Gotcha. Every day, just do a little something. I'm not saying you got to go out and work 12 hours a day. That's actually one of the biggest lies of entrepreneurship is, um, you got to stay up all night. You got to pull overtime. No, you need to be resting. You need to be, you know, you got to have a clear mind. You can't be overworked. You can't be over exhausted. But what you can do is do just one small thing every day that's going to put you on the right path. So it's baby steps. You know, how do you eat an eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Gotcha. <laughs> that kind right. of thing. Awesome, awesome. I have two questions to go ahead and wrap this podcast up. I have two big questions. So the two questions is this. For the client that's listening, what do you have to say to them? And for the future entrepreneur who's listening, who wants to follow your footstep, what do you have to say to them? So for the client that is listening, um, you're going to want to make sure that you're working with someone who actually cares about your progress. You know, a lot of personal trainers will say they care and then they'll sit you on the treadmill for an hour. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need someone who knows how to meet you where you're at again and the right steps and appropriate steps that are going to get you to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, it's really no different to um, kind of what I said earlier, have a vision for you want to be mm -hmm. and do something small to get there. It's the same thing for my clients. I tell all of them that. Have that vision on where you want to be, baby steps. Coming through the door to train with me, baby step. Let's do this, uh, the set here, baby step, okay? Um, even on days that they don't train, I show, I give them homework, you know, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. It'll be like a couple different, you know, mobility exercises, maybe a stretch. You want to, again, build the habit of moving your body. You know, that's what we're made to do. Um, so every day, just doing a little something that's going to get you one step closer to where you want to be. Got you. Got you. Okay. Um, for the entrepreneur, is this, uh, and specifically towards the field of you know, training strength condition? Yeah. So specifically in your field, you can, you can do it both. If you, if you have one for the person that's specifically wanting to be in your field and you have another for the person that's, you know, just an entrepreneur in general, you have some, you know, words of motivation or wisdom that you would like to share them, share with them as well too. We would, we would love to hear that, you know, on all aspects. So whatever you have, go ahead and, you know, share it with the people. Okay. So I'll just speak um, just general business. Mm -hmm. um, again, have that vision. If you don't have that vision for where you're going to be, you're just wandering in the woods. Mm -hmm. Do your research as well. <laughs> be smart. Um, you know, think about um, what you're going to do to actually legitimize your business. You're going to go with an LLC or you're going to, do a DBA. Mm -hmm. uh, that's important things you need to worry about. Um, mm -hmm. Taxes. You know, how are you going to tackle those? Because that's mm -hmm. a big part of business is dealing with tax, man. Yeah. You know, Uncle Sam's going to want his cut. <laughs> yeah. um, also, you need to think like a business owner. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely do networking as well. Go to networking events. Mm -hmm. um, you know, join classes. Take up jujitsu or you know some sort of combat sport where you get to network. I made a lot of, I met a lot of people uh, training Muay Thai at Black Widow MMA. Mm -hmm. A lot of people who helped me out along the way, gave me advice. Um, just get to know people. Um, the better you are with people, uh, the better you're going to be at, you know, business, entrepreneurship. You know, you got to, you got to interact with people. Gotcha. Um, that's a big, me personally growing up, um, 
naturally being introverted at the beginning of my life, you had to be good at good. You got to be good with people. Um, yeah. You got to be a good um, empathizer. You have to be um, emotionally aware of other people. So people skills. Gotcha. Um, but you can't come in with owning a business with an employee mindset. You have mm -hmm. to have a boss mindset. So, you know, people want to start a business so they can get away from their nine to five. Mm -hmm. We will get away from your nine to five, but you're jumping into a 24 seven shift. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people don't realize that running a business, you're constantly working. Yeah. Um, that's a little over dramatic, but you're you're gonna be working more than no. no I mean, I you know I feel like that's definitely a fact because you're gonna con you're constantly working. You're your own brand. You know when you're when you're working for someone and you have a nine to five, you clock in at nine, you leave at five. But as far as when you own your own brand, especially when it's a people oriented brand, a people oriented company, you're constantly on the clock because you meet people on a daily basis wherever you are. You're at the grocery store. You're on the clock. You're you know you're at the gym you're at the, you're on the clock you're you're playing basketball with your buddies you're on the clock wherever you are if you're in a people oriented business and have a company that's people oriented you're constantly on the clock there's not one time that you're not on the clock you know you're going to always have to be on this never there's never flipping that switch off and so i feel like i, I agree with you com completely on that because there's there's never switching that flip you know flipping that switch off mm. a lot of people expect to get away from it and have something where it's you know, passive income. Well, you got to work for that passive income first, you know, um, even if you're doing like an Airbnb renting thing, mm -hmm. um, there is a point where it'll be a little more passive, but you got to work, you know, you got to do the work. Gotcha. As far as um, in the fitness field, um, get a mentor. You know, I've had, I've been fortunate enough to have several mentors um, to guide me and provide me knowledge and experience a lot of what I said today is actually from them wow. um, in the, you need to um, get experience as well. Just working with people, um, mm. get certified as soon as you can out mm. of high school. A lot of these, you know, ACE is a pretty um, economic, I don't want to say cheap, but economic one um, mm -hmm. where you can actually get your foot in the door um, with the certification there. Um, I had a thought. Give me one second. Yeah, no worries. You got to be active yourself. You know, mm -hmm. you have to, if you're going to be in the fitness industry, I'm not going to say you got to look like a bodybuilder, Mr. Olivia, yeah. but you have to work out yourself, man. You got to, yeah. you got to live it. You know, if you got to sell are, the brand, you got to sell the brand. You gotta unfortunately, <laughs> if they see you and you're kind of like a slob. Yeah. No one's Look at it this way. Look at it this way. Are you going to want to go to a doctor that is constantly sick and unhealthy and overweight? There's no overweight doctors. You ever seen an overweight doctor? I don't think I have. I don't think I have. There you go. There you go. So, I mean, in a sense, not again, not saying you got to be a, an Olympian, <laughs> but you have to at least enjoy working out yourself. Mm. You have to represent your brand correctly, you know, and right. I think that's I think that's something a lot of entrepreneurs also need to keep in mind as well, too, because, you know, with, with what you post on Facebook, what you post on social media, with what you, you know, you know, look like, dress like, unfortunately, the moment that you sign up to be a CEO and own a company, all of that has to, you know, 
revolve around that because everything that you do is now being watched not only from who you are as a person but as a business owner and the way that you attract clients is how is unfortunately is going to be how you are as a business owner and how you are as a person and if those two things don't match up especially if your brand is not matching up with who you are you know it it, it creates a world of chaos where you know people on the other end looking into your situation don't want to you know, engage with you on a business level because they don't see where the brand and the person match up. You know, we see that we see that a lot nowadays where the brand and the person do not add up, you know, and John, I've, I've known you all my life, you know, and I feel like you have you have found your niche, you know, like you are right where you're supposed to be. You've always been super athletic. You've always been, you know, a, a you know, a ball player, an athletic person, someone who's just been, you know, super good, honestly, at everything that they do, athletic. And so, you know, I feel like you, you, you did the right thing, opening this company and doing everything that you're doing. What, what, what's your tag handle? What's your website for the people listening that can, you know, try to get in contact with you? If you, if you feel okay with, you know, you know, dropping a number as well too. You have a business line for people to reach you. Go ahead and drop all that for the people listening, so that they can try to get in touch with you, so that they can try to, you know, work work on themselves and work on their bodies as well too. Yeah, sure. Um, I have a website. Um, doverperformancesolutions.com mm -hmm. um, no no underscores no nothing it's just mm -hmm. doverperformancesolutions.com mm -hmm. um, I do have a just my cell phone is basically how to get in contact with me uh, 512-716-5222 we're also on Facebook right now um, I do have to make remake an Instagram page mm -hmm. um, the other one got hacked you know what are you gonna do mm -hmm. but uh, we're in the process of re reconnecting a uh, Instagram page um can I also give a shout out to some of my mentors? Along yeah, yeah, that? definitely. Hey, this this platform, do do whatever you like. Go ahead. I'd also like to give a shout out to, again, Sandy Abney over at the university. Well, she's not at the University of Texas anymore. Um, but um, Chris Braden at Train for the Game. Mm -hmm. um, I actually coach a lot. I find myself using a lot of the same verbiage as him. So he really driven impacted. me as a coach, impacted me as a coach of how to coach people really work with people and you know having a good coaching cue but finding the better cue mm -hmm. biggest thing he um helped me with uh, again jessica viana trained for the game she was also another influential coach along the way um and just mentoring um how to handle athletes you know and the egos she's very good at that <laughs> um also uh Sam, Samantha Spears at Gold's Gym. She mm -hmm. taught me more about how to sell yourself as a personal trainer and actually drumming up that business. Gotcha. Um, they taught me how to sell training there. Um, as well as Darren Beard, um, the owner of uh, Griffin Hill. It's a sales um, sales method we actually use at my job here at LegalZoom at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. It's very effective. It works on a psychological level. Um, so again, he's been a big influence as far as getting to those roots on why gotcha. um, if I missed anyone, I am so sorry, um, but I just want to give a shout out to those people. Um, they awesome. have a very big impact on, uh, on early John. Awesome. Awesome, man. It was an honor having you on. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Mark Joseph. This is Pronto 1804 podcast. John, thank you so much for, for, for joining us today and starring and, dropping all the wisdom and knowledge that you have and for sharing your story with us as well too, man. Oh, pleasure to be here, Mark. I'm super happy for you. 
um, tell Amanda I said hi and uh, look forward to the next one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'll let my wife know. This is the Dover Method. <laughs>